live from the apocalypse. Fuck Kyle Rittenhouse and the judge that helped him. This is state of the game. I, Mr. White Folks, Keyboard Colossus, I am Dan O. That's right. We got the, we got the AJ Suede hoodie. I'm ready. And my co-host, K Diggy, is a bit of a mystery. Wrapped in Enigma. He'll be here, maybe. Who knows? But we have another mystery wrapped in another Enigma. We're talking about Big Flowers. Love my new discoveries uh, recently in this musical year, whatever, year and a half. Just uh, what a year for you. Uh, thank you for being here. How is everything? What's going uh, on? Also, thank you for the writing for the site. Uh, it's been incredible, but I've loved your writing. I've loved how it's developed. But I spent so much time on that that I was absolutely unprepared for Flotar, right? And, right. and what happened on Flotar because it was one of those, like, you hear it coming before you see it, right? Like, mm. people are like, oh, shit, did you see flowers on that shit? Oh, shit. And I was like, oh, my man came up. Let's go. And I was like, damn, damn. 24 is serious. So very happy uh, to, to have you just shine on that shit. Thank you, man. Yeah. No, it was, I mean, working with, um, yeah, like working with Fine's Double was crazy because it's like, I, it was the, one of the first times I really heard of him. Um, was getting that beat and then you know like i don't know like that that whole album is filled with just like really unique production and it's like that to me is hard to come by and he killed it he killed it so did everyone else on the record i, I mean aj oh i mean and, and it was it, the crazy thing was when i got to ask him some questions about flotar um and i was like i basically one of my key questions was were you consciously giving people beats that were unique for them? Because these beats sound different for the people uh, that are rapping on them, different than the choices they would normally make. Uh, and I specifically talked about 24 because I'd never heard you rap on anything like that. Uh, and he said that, uh, double said that you were... Uh, that, that 24 was a changing point for the album. Oh, really? Yeah, he said that shit was kind of, I mean, maybe early on in the game, and he was like, after that, it was different, because he was going to make it, like, instrumental, more instrumental. And once he had that, he, he had a new direction for that shit. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. He never told me that. Well, it, it's wild, because, like, I, like, when you listen to an album, you feel like you know, like 24 feels like the heart of Flotar in a way. That's cool. Like uh, the heart of Flotar is 24 and the mind is Hogarth Hughes, you know? Huh. Uh, but hearing him say that, I was like, awesome. That, that validates what I was thinking of what was going on. So, yeah, I was into it. The uh, how is so? How has the reception been? Have people been talking to you about it? I mean, I've had a few people 
that have like hit me up. I mean, I've seen some stuff on Twitter, a lot of stuff like um, related to like the Filthy Rock Records label, you know, like they, they, they've been hyping it up. Um, a lot of people that are affiliated with them have been hyping it up. And some people have like, you know, reached out to me saying like, yo, this, this feature is different. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, like that, that, that to me is just testament to uh, Fine's production. You know, like he's just yep. incredible. Like when when it's there, like I I forget who said it, but I remember some uh, and I heard it was in a quote somewhere, um, where it was like, "Yo, when when the beat's there, like you don't have to do any work. You know, it it just comes to you lucid. You know, it just puts you in that space that you need to be in." Yeah, I think that's one of the things that really separates you from a lot of people is that you uh, you're very present, right? You're very present when you're creating and when you it hit that hits that space that special space and you were just all present in that song yeah i mean i, I don't know I, I definitely really like the uh the the lyrics in that one um i'm trying to remember a few like there was like a spongebob reference in there yes um, or what we, the I, my favorite was that the like I think the liquor store is still accepting patients. Yeah, I Got love that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. I love that. I mean, it was there was so much good shit in there. Uh, yeah, I was appreciating it and uh, appreciate you coming on. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. The I, we this is Swamp Funk Week celebrating yeah. and celebrating. No, what I, I wanted you on entirely separate from your Dutopia write-up because honestly the first album I thought of when I listened to Swamp Funk was Big Smile. Interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, because of certainly I think you and Doof share like an, an enthusiastic presence on songs, right? Um, right. But they're also unconventional albums in terms of the run times of songs, right? Yeah. Experimental in yeah. that in that way, um, and like I this just, is twenty one yeah. what twenty one song album, twenty one right? songs, yes, yeah, absolutely. And but it doesn't feel like twenty one. Like when you listen to it, like by the time you make it to what is it? Where <sighs> Tim Crochet? That's the one I always think yep. of as like the pivot point. But that's well more than halfway into the album. Yep. No, it's it's 39 minutes, right? Yeah. Swamp Funk is 39 minutes. Um, and it's like you said, I think it's 21 songs. Uh, but it is it's a 20 songs, sorry, 20. But um it, it really achieves a lot in that 39 minutes, and it's so masterfully curated, right? We'll 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 get into NC. MCL Tim, who I think is one of my favorite people in underground right now. Yeah, Uncle Tim's Uncle Tim is like a I don't know. He's he like you were using that word enigma earlier. Yeah, I think like a, a really present enigma in, in the in the sample community today. You know, like yep. And, yep. And 
I don't know. I love I love the 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 lore that I mean. Well, yeah, you said we'll get to him, so we'll get to we'll him. We'll get to him, but it'll be to say the this relationship the Doof and and then Tim have is so unique and it's so interesting. And what I wanted to, to talk about was I think in the popular realm, right? The the interesting thing about the underground for people who don't follow the underground attentively, right, is that everything the underground does eventually gets repurposed for the pop space, right? Mm -hmm. If something really kicks off and does well in that underground space, the people on top are taking notes, right? Right. And you start to see their versions of it, right? One of the things that the, the pop space ran into as a problem was, so people want shorter songs, right? They want two minute songs, two and a half minute songs. They do not want five minute songs, five minutes, 50 seconds, right? Right. So we got to shorten the songs and we'll load them up with a bunch of tracks, right? So you get like Post Malone, Betty Wap, you get like 28 tracks, but they're all two minutes long, but it's kind of a data dump, right? Those albums are kind of data dumps and people who love albums make fun of how badly organized they are. Yeah, um, I mean, it, yeah. It, 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 to me, there's like artists that embody the single culture and then artists that embody album culture. And it's like, I don't think that one is worse or better than the other. I just think it's like a, a proficiency, you know, like, totally. I, I don't know, like there, like there are certain artists like um, Babyface Ray. I look at Babyface Ray as a great single artist. Like, I'm not going to listen to Babyface Ray as an album, like. And I, and I honestly, he does a better job of organizing a project than some other people in that scene. Yeah. But um, I don't know, like, I I think it's context, you know what I mean? Like, totally. I think that you, you look at Dupe's, um, like, discography, and it's just like, you don't really see many singles, right? It, right. It, it's project after project after project. And it's, I mean, he's somebody that gets into the lore. Yep. No, but I mean, to me, the thing that's crazy about Swamp Funk is if I was an executive, I'd be looking at it like, holy shit, there's catchy stuff on here, right? Yeah. Tim Croce is catchy. Tim Croce or yep. Tim Croce Croce. is a yep. Croce. perfect yep. example, right? Like, that's something that will really just get you, like, I, I remember when I was here, and I don't know if you're familiar with Nye Palm. No. Uh, Hiatus Coyote. No, uh, that New Zealand group, the singer did a solo project and it's just like, she did a couple of these songs and it's just like, there were songs that felt like they had been there forever and they were just coming now. Yep. Like it was, just, I'm hearing them, but it, it just felt, and it wasn't like it was living out some nostalgia. It just, it was just one of these timeless songs. And I, that, that's what this felt like to me, where it's just like, you're listening, like, it's not grabbing anything. It's not trying to be anything. It's doof. It, it's just right. one of the, prismatic like and, and i and i love these artists that let themselves be themselves without like the because you end up being a prism to the world around you oh. and the the more you experience life the more the more you refract yeah i don't know it's a run with a yeah. metaphor no sure. you get this this new color that hasn't been experienced before right and and that's what that song is to me where it's like yo i don't know i don't know a hip-hop song like that it's yeah, there's so many things they do 
uh, Tim and Doof together that I've not heard, right? Or that I'm not used to. And it was one of the things that, like, my first my first thoughts hearing Doof was I was pensive, right? I was, like, apprehensive, right? I was, like, trying to, like, wrap my head around this. Um, and it was because so much of it was unconventional, right? Uh, last year, they put out Hood Rat Noir. Yeah. Which I would, it, it was short and I was, the time, the run times are short, but really what kept coming to my mind when I listened to it was the lion. There's a lion sound effect that Tim keeps throwing in there. Yeah. And it was, like I'm used to like, Maybach music lady at the beginning of the no, song. I, right? I love that. The 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 there's like the the recurring. It, it almost reminded me of uh, to Pimp a Butterfly how they had the developing quote. Um, yep. Yep. With, with something about nature. Um, yep. But yeah, they had that running, and then the the bestial bestial. Yes. Bro, that fucking that had me like like using that as an ad lib. I, I I've never. Uh, no, there was because there was one. I, I heard it recently. Remble. I don't know if yeah. you heard. Remble. I have Remble. I love Remble. Yes, Remble. That yes. song. I, I think it's called Touchable, or maybe it's not. But they they I use love Touchable. Eagle. Great song. They use the Eagles uh, ad lib, yes. and like yeah, I just if that's a move trend moving forward, I'm 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 loving that. Yeah. No, but that I was like I was used to like maybe your special signifying DJ tag at the beginning of the thing, right? Or or your cruise tag to like yeah. branding for branding purposes. But this was yeah. really not that, right? This line oh. just kept coming back at odd times. Uh, and I was like, what is this? Like, it was so, it was so unique. Um, well, my fault. But it, so yeah, it, it was, that way, it, it took me a while to wrap my head around what was going on with it. But digging into Doof's back catalog, I just loved it. I fell in love with his stuff. Um, and Tim has done all kinds of other things. Ooh, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Tim has done all kinds of other things with Prose, just different people. And I dug into his stuff and loved it. And so I was up on both of them by the time Swamp Funk was getting ready to ramp up. But uh, what was your original... What was your original thought hearing uh, Doof and Tim together last year on Hood Rat Noir? Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly when it was that I heard Hood Rat Noir for the first time, but it was like, I, by the time, I think I've listened, I mean, Julie Song and Lightning Hopkins have been like some of my favorite, favorite tracks just in hip hop of the recent years. That's It's just something that's infectious. When he said, um, what was it I, I, my heart was beating some the, the, but my heart was still pumping it, I, I forget the exact setup of the bar but it's just, just a couple fucking lines in there that really they it, it's what he does such a good job of like being chaotic and then organizing right. himself into something so simple right and that that just like turn it turnkey philosophy that is like ubiquitous and relative to like damn near everybody Yep. But then he goes back to something so specific, like, I don't know. And he's just, so, he's such an interesting dude to me. But to answer the question, like, mm -hmm. um, 
I don't know. I thought I thought that. I mean, at first, I was like, "Oh, this dude sounds cool. He's got a lisp. That's interesting." Um, yeah. And then, you know, a few listen. I mean, I don't think I listened to that album first. I think I listened to what was it? It it wasn't Radioactive Spinach. That didn't come out yet. No, no, that came out later. I mean, my, my first was the the Bridge Strangler. Do you remember the Bridge Strangler? Uh, yeah, but I, I don't think that was the first one. I went back and loved that one. Uh, there was a lot of them. You've been very productive over the years. Oh, it was, it was, no. Was it Radioactive Spinach? It might have been. No, it was Rack and Shit. What was it? it? Rack, rack and Shit, him and the a &E. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, That's cool. No, but I was I was like this dude can rap, right? And yeah, I don't think I was really listening all that hard at the time. And then I remember seeing the album art for Hood Rat Noir. I was like, you know, this looks really cool, and I wanted to tap in a little more. Um, it was short, which I was like, kind of like drawn to. And right. then I don't know. To me, it it runs so perfectly, like like front to back. <clears throat> like the black six i just think they do oh. so much swagger right it yep. was much like just like tongue-in-cheek like uh, i don't know like like duke to me is that that anti-hero like the cowboy bebop i'm better than you and you uh. don't admit it you know you don't want to admit it but you got to and but it's it, it doesn't come out um as like pretentious or like provocative to me it's right. literally yeah no it was been in the chamber you know like he 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 know you know like he he's just i i i don't know i remember i showed with dude a little bit and he, you can tell dude has just experienced a whole lot in terms of the realm of creation he just puts himself there all the time yeah no i when i one of the things that really stuck with me when I, I interviewed him on Zoom um, was like, and I knew this preparing for it, right? He is very smart. He's a very smart yeah. person. Um, and he comes off very childlike and very happy, right? Like, yeah. you know what he's doing, like, there's an innocent, like, I suppose Paul on, the, on, the, on Hood Rack Noir. There's a line he says, like, my shorty sucked my dick because she's proud of it. Like, <laughs> there's like a childlike joy. There's a, there's a weird... The way like, that line, too, is so perfect. Teenage joy to this stuff. Yeah. But, like, he's not clowning around. Like, when I heard the Black Six, I was like, yo, the Black Six is like a deep cut. Like, this dude knows what's going yeah. on. Like, that's, that's a dope movie. And... No. Like there, there are there are rappers that don't take themselves seriously, and then there's like rappers that understand the medium of having fun. Like right. I look at Twilight Chris as being like another perfect example of someone that knows how to have fun, you know. It. Yeah. And it's not not ever. I mean, he 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 walks a different sort of line, mm -hmm. but like it doesn't ever come across to me as like breaking a fourth wall. Uh, not taking himself seriously, right? And I think that, I mean, I think dude, it, it's just a different ballpark. I think Quelly Chris gives himself more to play with. 
but I don't, I don't really think there's a need to compare. No, um, it's, but but, but it, it, there's a point there between the two, right? Of basically, because there's a misconception that rappers that are funny are not doing serious work, right? Right. Like they are like, right. a, they're a joke or something, but they're working just as hard as everybody else. I think I and I think that like because Doof Doof has moments where he's funny, but it's like there's a difference between going rock climbing and being a rock climber. You know what I mean? Uh, I I like more often than not, Doof is delivering something heartfelt or like uh, maybe I'll say like mise en place, where it's just like part of the moment, you know, slice of life. And I think he does that like so candidly and descriptively and like not concisely because dude says a lot but yeah. i mean i he pivots between a lot of different points really well but the, i think that it easily comes through best with uncle tim yep. because i there's something there that they, they they just allow themselves to attach to this like whatever that lion's noise is the the lore right what they just it seems like this undefined lore, this nostalgia for an era that they, they were never a part of, but want to be a part of, you know? Right. right. And like, but again, like it's, it, it's not, it's not this like grabbing at the, the, what was. They're doing what they're doing because they want to do it the way that they're doing it. And I, and I love that, right? And it's like, I don't know, like the because because what you what I what I can almost guarantee is that there were so many beats that didn't make this album, like dozens and dozens of beats that did not make this album, yep. and I think that that probably because I mean I don't know, like when I think about Uncle Tim, I, like the first thing that comes to mind is just like stacks and stacks and stacks of record crates. And I can't imagine, like, how many records this dude has. And I, the dedication that he has to finding the exact fragments of those that allow Duke to say what he needs to say, it's just, it, it's touching, you know? It's an intimate, like, collaboration. Absolutely. So, it, and shout out, K Diggy is here. <laughs> Hello. He stopped in. Hey guys. He, was, uh, he was busy hitting on cashiers at Walgreens. Oh gosh. Uh, but Don't be exposing my game, man. That's it. So we were talking about the unique relationship between NCL Tim and Doof. And that's why when I brought you in on this case, Diggy, I, I said we should talk about Hood Rat Noir and Swamp Funk because Hood Rat Noir gets you Swamp Funk, right? There is yeah. no Swamp Funk without what they discovered together on Hood Rat Noir. No, I think I think like when you look at the two records side by side, um, I, I, I mean, when before Swamp Funk came out, Hood Rat Noir kind of seemed more mysterious than it is, right? Yep, yep. It, it alluded to so much. And now that you see uh, Swamp Funk, it's like, Oh, this is this is what they, they they just they they were scratching the surface of, right? And it it probably it, it feels like Swamp Funk is again just a, another layer 
to what you know this collaboration is going to continue to produce, right? Mm. Uh, I, I, I again, I, I think I brought up Naipaul and Hiatus Coyote a little bit ago. Yeah. But yeah. like their first album, Talk Tomahawk, it was really short, really, really short. Um, but it was so like captivating, and it was it remi- like it reminds me a bit in that sense. Where it's, but then their second album, Choose Your Weapon, was like really fucking long, relative. And again, Swamp Punk being really fucking long. But it's, it, it, it seemed like, okay, we now have the arena and the agency as artists. Because it's like the time in between, it wasn't all that long. But like I know a lot has happened for Doof. And I, I think a decent amount has happened for Uncle Tim, be it based off of Hood Rat Noir or not. Um in the time in between to allow them to have a little bit different setup instead of they're just more life experience, whatever, right? And um I don't know, I think it translates so so much. And then once they have the actual arena to play with a full full length album, right? It's just kind of I don't want to say um game changing because it seems like too uh easy, you know, but they it, it seems very uh just like momentary greatness, right? Like this, this just burst of now, right? Like yep. it doesn't seem like you can't, you can't have some that you can't have this album again because it's never going to be this this time again, right? It, 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 this is such a contemporary album, which is another thing that I think boasts about it, right? Like you, it feels like a, a no, like a late twenty twenty one album, and and you don't know what that feels like until you get it, right? And that's what. I think this does best, right? It defines its presence. I, mm. I I love that. I think that's a great point. Kate, before you came on, we talked about how um, the modern pop space wants shorter songs. They want loaded mm. albums with short songs. But the problem is those albums have a tough time connecting those singles into a cohesive album. And yeah, and that's, that's the thing. Swamp Funk, I think Swamp Funk connects and is a bunch of little songs it could be a model for people going forward go ahead yeah because i was gonna say that was because it's interesting like listening to what you guys were saying it gave me context because when i listened to hood rat noir like i didn't first of all i thought it was really good i thought there was some really good musical moments on it but i didn't understand what the purpose of the project was it felt like kind of it felt directionless to me like i didn't understand like i didn't understand what what the purpose of of this of this project was but then when i listened to swamp funk it kind of i was like okay it's they're kind of similar in in terms of the the beats and the musical landscapes but for some reason this makes a lot more sense to me than hood rat noir did word and i I think think, think that so comes down to the fact that they were sharpening the the blade you know Mm -hmm. that's right and yeah and that's what i was gonna say like i think with like those short projects those short songs you've got to be it's got to be clear what the intention what the purpose is yeah for create because if there's no intent, like if you're just creating seven or eight songs just to, you know, like okay, you know, these are pretty cool, these are pretty solid songs, let's bundle them together 
and release it, it's not going to connect with people. I think one of the things that how to, to me that how detriment to if 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 I were to put pin a detriment to head red noir, it would be that it puts itself together towards the end. I would say the last four or five songs are like the the best chunk of the album. The way it finishes up is like I don't know, like I think it takes its time. It starts building this theme, but it, it doesn't allow itself to be long enough for the theme to have as much gravity, right? Like that, um, I remember you was conflicting because you was in, you, in your influence from Tipipa Butterfly, right? Mm-hmm. That, that progression, that album is so long. So you get the, <laughs> you end up getting the gravity of it when it finally unravels, right? The, the, mm-hmm. Hood Rat Noir, Hood Rat Noir was 10 songs and like, you know, 18 minutes, something like that. Yeah, under 20, yeah. absolutely. So it's just like it, you don't you don't really allow for the fermentation of the lore, right? You, mm-hmm. you know it's there, but it just it you don't know why, right? And it it it, it, it kind of felt like um like a nineteen eighties um, video game where it's just like <laughs> that that kind of logic where it's just like we're here because you know yeah. <laughs> But when you listen to it, if you listen to Swamp Funk and then Hood Rat Noir, Hood Rat Noir makes way more sense. Like yes. mm-hmm. uh, because, and, and I had I have a theory to kick here that I thought was was interesting. Uh, listen to it, taking notes uh, was it was great. Um, Rupert, Rupert, the last song on Hood Rat Noir, I said this is the most sinister beat of the bunch. You could give this to Mob Deep. You know, Doof Doof still sounds great on it because he adapts to the music. I said, that's why Tim shifts the beat, adds singing loops midway through. Doof can fit in any container. He's a liquid MC. Mm -hmm. I I like that as an idea, just that he is, Doof is able to fit in any kind of sonic container uh, because yeah. he he that's his adaptability. Move. I I I like it. I I like I like looking at Hood Rat Noir, Hood Rat Noir as like as he said a you know they're sharpening the blade. Yep. Yep. Because uh, it does sound like uh, uh like a lyrical exercise, like a lyrical practice, preparing for something bigger. Yeah. Uh, and you're right, it, do, it does catch momentum. Like maybe that's kind of why it was also jarring as well because I felt like the first half of Hood and Rat Noir is a, little, is a little bit different than the second half. Like it's very, it's almost like night and day yep. to yeah. me. And so it didn't, it didn't like, like listening to it without any context, it didn't really resonate with me because I couldn't comprehend what exactly they were trying to do. And if that's like first projects in like I don't know like artists like Doof or maybe like a Fly Anakin or a yep. Uncle John or a, mm-hmm. I, I, what what's maybe a better example I, um, like a Concept Jackson right someone that just goes uh, YL right yep, yep. And, and it's just like there there doesn't seem to be like a end goal right and i think that that 
I, I don't, I don't know. There's not a genre tag for that, right? But it, it, it's sport, right? And I love it, right? Because you you end up in these in these just like lexical arenas. But it, it, it like like Ko was saying, just you 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 have this liability to lose direction. And I think that that was something that the Killer Priest album suffered from that we heard right. a little. Bit. Like it just loses direction. Like it has a good concept, a good core, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It, it, but I, I don't know. I not 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 to speak ill of an album. Um, I just think that like you know you see an album like Swamp Punk and uh, something that's long, right? Something that that goes a lot of places and it does it well. Um, it it I don't know. Like I think that you were saying, Dan. Like it it gives you a place to look like. For emulation in the in the future, and yeah, and I think well to your point when you get somebody who is who is like they're what I would say is they're like living on the beat, right? They're not actually like they're not telling a story. They're not like a crime writer, you know. They're living on the beat, so they're going to be funny in the song. Like- they're going to be sincere. They're going to talk about relationships. They're living on the beat. And, and that's what that's what Doof is doing here. But yeah, he's for that. He 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 has such like momentary presence, and I love that. Right, like you like you get like these storytelling type of lines, but it's yep. like here here now gone the next, you know, and like that next line is just like a complete like braggadocio <laughs> wordplay, tongue in cheek, and I'm just like. I don't know, like the the it's like a bouncing ball, and like just like or like a, a, a particle just bouncing all over a room, right? And his craft, I his craft is still so good though that you can see everything he's talking about. Palatial, give me an example. Palatial track nine on Hood Rat Noir, he says, "I'm fitting to let passion loose and put it in the sky." Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a vivid experience of a line. Yeah. So, yeah, he he's he, but just so Doof is living on the beat, rendering everything vividly, and he's kind of like he's a machine of of new experiences and thoughts. And NCL Tim is just this great, unique organizer. Um, and I think so. My theory here is that what makes Tim great, first of all. The, he's an incredible cover artist. I love his cover art. Oh, uh, yeah. He did both of these. Hood Rat Noir. He did Swamp Funk. His cover art is amazing. Um, but, like, think of Lightning Hopkins for a second. Right? I My note on this was, I love how NCL Tim uses old jazz slash blues sounds. While a mm-hmm. lot of producers naturally gravitate to sampling 70s soul, right? Tim grabs older sounds and flips. It's a totally different world. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 there's, it adds like a, an emotionality to the, to the music. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, like, what's cool to me is like, they give you the metaphor with this one. Right. The the, the first collaboration, Uncle Doofus one, it was the, the Hood Renoir, right? 
it was a little like you know like the album cover is cool it gives you this kind of like you're in a city i mean neo-noir film it, right, it was right. kind of the whole with like by black six like you you're thinking of that i feel like like they have a little narration and if you're not thinking of that you're thinking of like saturday morning superhero cartoons something right but like mm-hmm. this one they give you the swamp um there's the crocodiles on the cover the oozing text that's called swamp funk i and it's just like it's just like anytime you start like you get at a loss for words and you're like they just do such a good job of doing them it's just like i don't know they give you this lexicon of like dude they're they're they're, they're very mossy right right uh, it's like they're just like blooming into this uh, metaphor and I mean I don't think that they do all that much in terms of um, lyrically like I don't think Dupe is doing all that much lyrically in terms of like being like hey swamp this swamp that or I mean he's not beating that home right right way clever than that but it's not like he's making it like a swamp album right? right which I appreciate but what the the energy that they bring that collaboration the 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 like you guys were talking about with the sampling sound that's older than seventy soul right um go- what's up oh he 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 got popped out he'll be back yeah. <laughs> hopefully uh so yeah we'll, we'll we'll see how he follows up that point the uh but I, I would say Kate I. Yeah, what was your experience listening to these albums? Uh, I mean, I I I enjoy I really enjoyed both of them, but as I said, I was very with Hood and Hood Rat in the War. This is like as we were as we were saying, like when songs are so short, if there's not like a proper context or an, uh, you know an umbrella that we you can fit. And that you can fit all of the songs under, it can really feel very disjointed. Yeah. So like I left Kudrat Noir, like I've left, after I was done listening with it, I was like, wow, I just, there were some really great musical moments here. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, let me pull up the track listing. Like, I mean, particularly the first half yeah. um, of it with, uh, you know, I loved Bad Disguise. Which is a minute fifty-two, base base athletics one forty-four, the black six, oh. uh, two two minutes and thirty-four seconds. Yep. Uh, full camos one fifty-one. So, you know, you would you would build this like musical world and get you would get just as you got intrigued, and you know really started to get in a feel and you know get into the track it would switch like you know the song would be done yeah so that was just very difficult for me to digest but i think you know when swamp funk came like with swamp funk when i listened to swamp funk it it made sense to me it all clicked yeah Yeah. you got some longer songs in there for sure yep but even at the same time i mean like ronnie o'sullivan that song changes, right? Like, that's not, like, a static song. But, again, I think they just do a better job of building the world. I remember Gang talked about that a while ago, and that was such a powerful thing, just world building. 
and yep. you feel like you, whatever that energy, that swamp energy, you feel it. It's palpable. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there's something like with the song lengths, like, I, you know, looking at Swamp Funk, you know, the, the song lengths are, I mean, still pretty short. Like, you know, the, they change, they've changed the locks a minute 21. But at the same time, the second track is three minutes. Uh, Billy Bob Doe Do Plus, two minutes and 56 seconds. So with, with short tracks, like, if you have a, if you have short tracks, but you have a lot of them, that allows like the listener to get a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, it's like that. That seems like an EP versus album conversation, right? Yeah, uh, more, more than the song like said, but but yeah, I would say if we're gonna take if we would take one song to look at what makes this such an unique, important project, it would probably be Billy Bob Dofus, right? Um, mm-hmm. Billy Bob Dofus is uh, is like. I would say so the first 31 seconds of that song with the guitar reverb, oh, some of the most arresting moments I've had with hip hop production this year. That's um, like a that's like an origin story for the two of them. Yeah. 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 No, it, it's it I just said I just said uh, Tim has an incredible feel for sound, right? Every mm-hmm. beat is at least three beats, right? They just yeah. switch it and do flexes but it always seems grounded um you know what he says i'm just uh with advice we all dying like oh (laughs) oh. Uh, every project feels like doof talking his way through life that was a no (laughs) yeah um yeah so it's 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 very raw it's very personal yeah it as well as humorous but the funk the swamp funk itself is because there's three beats to these songs sometimes, and there's yep. sometimes a string bass, sometimes it's horn bass, sometimes it's it's guitar, yeah. but all the sounds seem like they're from the 40s and 50s, not the 70s and 80s. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's just unique. Yeah, I mean, I I think with swamp funk, I think his you're as, as you said, he is like a very live in the moment but I thought his pen was a lot sharper and yeah. a lot more focused. Yep. And so that allowed him to really build, not only like, you know, build the like musical world, but also lyrically, he was able to, you know, really kind of build like a rapping personality. So after, you know, after Swamp Funk, Swamp Funk was done, like I felt like I knew who he was as a rapper, as opposed yeah. to- Swamp Noir, I'm sorry, as opposed to Hood Rat Noir, like, you know, the, the whole project's 19 minutes. By the time I was done with it, like, I didn't know who he was, like. It's a yeah, great, some, it, it, it almost bars. seems like there's like this villain character that in a, in a movie that you just didn't understand why he was so evil. Yes, you know? great way to put it. Great way to put him. I, to build on, on Kay's point, I think, one of the things I think that's better and makes Swamp Funk really sing is the guest verses are kind of exactly what yeah. this album needs, which is somebody comes in and sounds nothing like Doof, right? Mm-hmm. Dabzini, um, Dude, Silence, SC. 
I mean, silence is the defining other voice on this album. Yeah. Silence is amazing on this. Mm-hmm. I think that that might be a contender for the best feature of the year for me. Like that that was so like and, and that one's not so much even like out of the ballpark of Duke. Like Dabzini was like like out there. Like that was such an interesting little uh collab. But um silence is a little more close to close to that sound in terms like he like they're they're more like that deep lungs just like kind of rapid fire. But yeah. it just like it it was so like you could tell he like silence knew this project was like very fermented, very well thought out and like valuable, right? And he knew, okay, I got my minute and a half or whatever of it wasn't even that long, right? No, 45 no. seconds. I have my X amount of time to go crazy on this record, and I'm gonna go crazy, crazy. But that's the cool thing is in the Swamp Funk universe, they let him rock, you know, they yeah. they let him kind of have his own shit. So, like yeah. some some silence quotes here. S-class graduate from the Wesley Snipes School of Dodging Taxes. Oh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> scar tissue doesn't blush. Oh. Yeah. Um, I mean, silence is, is on one on this, and it just, you know, comes to the party ready to party, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was one of those, this is kind of what you want features to do on your album. Like, yeah. You don't this ever is think- like. Oh, go ahead. It- it, it reminds me a little bit uh, in terms of the um, the brevity of features, the Cities of Eve record. Um, I know we talk about that a lot. Yep. But yep. Um, Good one. that, but also it's just like, it, it's, uh, and it's not to say anything about um, the features that are on the record, right? Right. They're, right. they're brilliant in their rights, but it's not, it, it's like, they're not they're not getting features for the sake of doing numbers right they're not they're mm-hmm. not putting like a and it's not to say that those wouldn't be great verses either right but it's right. just like it works in the swamp funky universe because it works in the swamp funk universe we're not asking questions you know the script is written you know yeah no it is. no one no one leaves any of these songs going Oh, SC killed him on that. Like, how is he going to come yeah. back? Because yeah. it, SC sounds so different from Doof and so cool that, like, it's a refresher. You know, it, it's, it's an intermezzo. You're like, right. oh, shit, this is good. Like, and then you go back to Doof refreshed, you know? Um, yeah, so I mean, it, it, it's really like, I mean, I one of the words I, that I wrote down uh for this album is really cinematic mm. uh you know like so you when you say the swamp funk universe it's almost like it's to me like i didn't view it as like a feature i viewed it as like almost like if you watched a curb your enthusiasm episode it was like another character yeah that you would come across in 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 an episode it, so, it, yeah. like they were that vibrant they were that well yeah. developed Yep. Yeah, and I, and I think that, that like that's what you want a guest feature. You want it to be like a scene. You want a guest feature to be like a scene with J, you know, JB Smooth. Uh, right. Yep. And curb your enthusiasm. I just want to give it right back to Uncle Tim 
and like say again like how great of a job he did at oh. curating these moments oh. for these mm-hmm. features to come into yep. because it's like he like to to KDG's point about it being cinematic he builds to it like um the like uh, the silence feature like there's the like there's the moments building up to that and like the moments leading out it, it feels like a climax and it feels like a denouement like he lets him have his moment of like i'm here this mm-hmm. like it wasn't just like a stumbling onto the beat and like because because I, I you hear that a lot where it's just like as one person's finishing their verse it's like uh uh you like no, I'm, I'm from, you know, like. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really important. And, and I think, you know, when I don't like skits, I don't typically like skits, I'm anti-skit. If I like your skits, I'm all in on you. Yeah. Right? So, I like Doof skits, bro. I think that Doof is I just love, funny as fuck. Welcome to the tribe, son, is fucking amazing. I love yeah. that skit. Um. And and it's it's NCL Tim man, cut it together. It's beautiful. We'll grab some water. We have that. But yeah, so I just think it's, I think it's yeah, it's 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 clearly better. But I think there's a point where Doof becomes more than an MC. Hmm, what do you mean? He's not just rapping. So what else? Hmm, this it's is interesting. Okay. okay. My favorite fucking moments on Swamp Funk is him just being like, I'm crisscross applesauce. <laughs> With the beat, it's like he talks crazy shit, right? Before, after tracks that's so valuable to the track. He also, ah, I see. He also sings off key beautifully, right? Tim Croce. Make his make his street starts talking to the song about the song. Yeah, <laughs> man, my mom's gonna love this shit. I hope so. You know, what I mean? he just starts. Nah, like his ad libs are so great too. Uh, like he's a dude that like knows how to be around himself. Like, yes. I just thought like I just thought about George Clinton, where like George Clinton, <laughs> was, George Clinton wasn't just a singer, right? He was right. He just he was the he's an entertainer. Yeah, he was the narrator. He was the ringmaster. It was his show. So, like, he was... So, this is Doof's show. Like, Doof puts on a show, uh, and, and it's all manner of it. And he embraces all the weird pockets of what makes his stuff unique. Um, mm-hmm. Ways that I just love. Um, so, yeah, that's part of probably my favorite... KD, what do you think makes the interaction between Tim and Doof work? Um, I mean, it's it's obvious to me that they're both they're both organizers. They're both big picture thinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, I think like some people, I think when some are like I, I remember I was watching. I forgot. I think I was watching a documentary on on uh, Kanye West's late registration. And John Brion, he was talking about Kanye and he said, the reason why we work together so well is because he thinks about music the same way I think about it. He thinks about it like architecturally, 
like every song is like a building. So what do I need to put on this song or how do I need to build right. this song to make it work? And I think that they both view, you can tell that they have that chemistry. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm talking about uh, the two artists on Swamp Funk. Yeah. You can tell that they have that chemistry and that they both see music building uh, the same way. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you say, like you use that um, example, because it's like, you end up with this foundation where it's like not every blueprint is gonna look the same, right? Mm -hmm. But like every song on Swamp Funk has a Swamp Funk element to it, you know? And I think that like, that's probably the best thing about their collaboration to me. It's like, it works and it doesn't need, you don't really need to like look too deep into it. Cause it's like, I don't wanna say that this is like the most complex music out there because it's not, right? It's not. Right, right. But it does what it does so well that you don't need to like run up the questionnaire on it, right? And I think that that's, that's almost what I like about Hood Rat Noir more. Like I almost still prefer that album in ways because it, it kind of embodies that idea of like potential energy to me. Right, where it's just like even a little more mysterious, right? And you still are just like, you get to sit back and on and be like, what the fuck are these guys even doing? You know what I mean? And, uh, and, but, but to, dude, like, I don't know, I don't, I don't want that to come off from the wrong way because that, that's something that I love. That's something I can gravitate towards. That's something I can listen to over and over and over again. I don't know if you've ever heard Red Burns by Standing on the Corner, but that's an album. Oh, dude, that's an album where it's just so many fucking times you're like, what are you doing? Like, there, I kid you not, like, they're like 30 minutes into the album, like after this random, like four minute drum solo that's like way too chaotic, right? You get the you get the first two notes of Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye, and then it then it cuts to something else. And it's like Right. Why? Like, I'm, I'm so, but I've listened to that album more than damn near every, any other album because it's like, there's so much to digest. There's so many questions that you can ask, you know? Yeah, the, when you were describing the love of Hood Rat Noir, I was thinking about, this is a perfect description of my relationship with Double Down, with Jay Words and Nappy Nina. Yeah. It's not a perfect album. It, it, sometimes it is perfect. Sometimes it's experimenting. But that's what makes it so beautifully human, right? Yo, what was the track after the interlude on Double Down? That shit's oh, crazy. Oh, shit. You're right, though. You're right. I, I wish I had it memorized like that. But it's uh, it's fire. The whole second half of that shit is, is crazy. Um, but, mm. no, that's... It, it's, it's like, I love to watch people experiment and... Swamp Funk is such a beautiful experiment um, and like you know whenever Doof is doing strange stuff it never feels like he's pushing himself right um, it's and it, so Doof is one of my favorite producers in the world as well I don't know if you yeah. know he is an unfucking believable producer mm-hmm. uh, but the, song, oh, the song we were the song was Thin Ice by the way Thin Ice it was the it was the one with Masai. That like, it was with Masai, and then Kia co-produced it. Yep. Uh, that that one hit different. I'm with you, 
right? And that was a good point where it's like, there are moments where it's perfect. And I think like there are moments where Hood Red Noir was perfect, right? Like yeah. Lightning Hopkins yeah. to me is still the best song that they've ever done together. It's like, song, yeah. I think Billy Bob Dofus is like, it's an every other day type of thing with me. What? Like, you know, yeah. he asked me one day, that's like the best, but whatever. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that, but but as a whole, you definitely have a, com- a compiled and coherent. And I think that that's the thing that do- that Swamp Funk does itself justice with a lot. It's so coherent throughout. Like they like they 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 keep on throwing the darts at the same part of the target. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I and it's enough variety. I'm not trying to say that they're making the same song twenty no, times. No, the album would suck if that was the case. Straight up. I mean, and, and so Doof, it, it, it to Kate, like when I, when I was talking to Doof about how much I loved his production, I said that he has the ability to take beautiful sounds, warp them, mutilate them, and then make them beautiful again in a new way. Yeah. And he laughed, and I was, that's kind of the shared sonic. Uh, values between Tim and Doof is that like so the, I mean Macon Street is beautiful it's my it's my favorite beat on there the the, the loop is so beautiful um, and then Doof is, he says your crew is checkmate I still divvied y'all up a plate I mean it's it, it's awesome Doof never sells you on some heinous shit his bar right. but they represent who he is yeah it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I, I'll definitely say like I'm not gonna try and say like I know the dude like back of my hand by any means, but it's like from the time I have spent with him and talking to him, he's not fronting on anything. Like he he represents who he is. He's just the dude is just so interesting to me. Like just like like he goes from like skating and like being like really good at skating from from as yep. far as I can see yep. to like playing billiards at like a really high level to rapping on these tracks right and then he has like that like i don't know i he, he just does a lot and he's like really inspiring to me um yep and he be, i don't know keeps it keeps it optimistic too i think and, that they just and shout just out to a, virginia by the way virginia yeah. pop is like from another planet not, like i concept too right concepts yep. out there yep. Yep. Yeah, that shit is so good. Uh, I, I, they're doing some some really interesting music, and it's not. Um, it doesn't feel redundant, right? Like sometimes you get like these scenes where it's like you can throw that label at it, where it's like because it doesn't feel like Virginia rap, right? No, there's no. just a lot of really really cool things coming out of Virginia right now. Right, you hear some dope shit, you don't know it's from Virginia. Your first thought is. Where the fuck is this from? And then you find out it's from Virginia. Uh, yeah. That is the process. <laughs> That's um, almost like how Buffalo is in a couple ways. I don't know. Oh. Like anytime I hear something cool from Buffalo, it's like, <laughs> yeah, this this is out of place, damn near everywhere else, and it doesn't sound like anything that else like is from here, but it works. You know, like. Yep. No, I'm with you, man. It, it's so. I mean, that's. I so yeah. Talk to me, hey Diggy, about your favorite songs on Swamp Funk. 
Okay, uh, let me pull up the track listing one more time. Um, okay, so with Swamp Funk, let's see. I liked. I said I, I thought I thought they did a really good job with the with all four songs that opened up the album. I think that that really set the context with uh, context for what we were listening to. So I liked all four of those songs. I liked. Uh, I loved the gumball with silence. Um, gumball is so sick. Yeah. And then I liked, I mean, so I liked one through, let me get my note, one through four. And then I liked the run from multi-purpose Prada shoes, Tim Croce, eight ball with SC, don't touch me, C Morales, and then gumball. Yeah. So, yeah. There were there were just great stretches. There yeah. were just great stretches uh, between those between those you know two two runs. That's so important. I mean, time to leave, which is the second song. Uh, mm -hmm. Duke says, "I paved the way. You paid. You paid your way. It's not the same." <laughs> I mean, Doof Doof is rapping rapping on the shit. Like this is not. Uh, Bless you. Sure. This is bad. I mean, he's he's in a zone on this shit. Like, it's just that this is organized in such a unique way. You might be focused on what makes it unique, but if you lock in on him, he's spitting. Yeah. 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 No, he's in yeah, form. And, yep. and I will say, I did think that they got the in Hoodrat Noir. It almost felt like the beats were like the main were the main emphasis on some of the production. It, it almost sounded like the beats were first and then his his rapping was kind of at a lower level. I don't know, maybe mm. it's just my ear. But then, I mean, with Swamp Funk, his, his voice was the prominent yeah. thing on the album for me. And I think that's just the relationship developing, right? But also, like, mm -hmm. I love, like, McConaughey Jesus piece is almost- Yeah, that's- it's almost a bossa nova beat. It's almost yeah. it's like so much bounce in it. It's so yeah. So I think that this is like the the what I kind of when I was listening to that Keller Priest album to go back to that like uh, this is kind of where I was like that album existed where it was like all right we are going to the extreme of this idea the farthest extreme of this idea. We're like, what if we did a bossa nova song? All right, bet just take a bossa nova song and I'm gonna rap over it, right? Right. No, like this is a contextualized like tether around like abstract ideas, right? Like yep. you have the bossa nova, you have the um kind of like spy themey joint. Yep. Um I'm I forget the name of it. Is it eight ball or steel blade? Could be steel blade. I mean, all right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go through the track list right now and fucking. But you, you, you get the representation of a lot of these different um, musical ideas, right? Yep. But it's 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 reined in, right? It's not like so far out that you that the average listener would be like, "Yo, this is some hip hop." Like it's still it's still mm. something you know like that you can share right that that's yep. communal and i think that so there's there are people that I've, I've seen look at that as kind of like a, a chore 
to make something communal, right? Yeah. Um, but but I think that again, like this is a great record to to look and, at and see and how it embodies the time. To follow up on another Wu Tang note here, like one of my notes on C Morales was I would love to hear Ghostface over this beat. <laughs> this is like because sometimes Tim will give you the illest conventional hip hop beat ever, you know, and just drop it in the middle of the weirdness. Yeah, sometimes it's half the beat, right? And he does the switch into it or out of it, but he'll he has it. He can give you that whenever he wants. Dude, um, Duke can rap over all that shit too. All that. Shit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Liquid MC, man. He can fit anyone. Yeah. I think he's really powerfully gifted and, and he's one of those one of those like one of those people where like I don't even know where his ceiling is. I I would never Yeah, even... I mean he feels like an anime character like a like a shonen jump protagonist to me, man. Like it feels like if if you look at an album because, like, to me, the album doesn't really, with Doof, it doesn't seem as much as, like, a, like a, a, a story. Like, it seems like a plot arc, right? Like, a, like right. There, there's a boss to an album. Like, there was a boss that they needed to conquer, and there was, like, a big fight scene or something like that. Yep. And, like, it feels like an anime fucking, and, and, and he just gets more powerful as it goes on. Yes. But you need to have the project in front of you. He's not a single artist. He's not a, you yeah. know, like, uh, and the more albums that he puts out, I think the better he's going to get. And I think that the, the, the better he gets, I don't know, like, that you're going to see the ceiling keep on getting pushed. Like, because, I mean, right now, I think that he's one of the, the most brimming with potential artists that you got like in this kind of like um just like six shooter off the off the hip like like the yl concept jackson you just let it rip right like i he i think that he shows so much do shows so much potential in terms of like making that popular making that Or, or, or not popular because the fan base exists like for both for both those artists and several others, right? But more so like um, I don't know. There's just something so like endearing about Doof. There's something so protagonistic, yeah. you know. Like That's you want to root for him. Like he has like bro. He like has the Naruto effect. I'm telling you, he's a shonen jump character. I don't know. Yeah. Like he yeah. like he yeah. has the anime of like, but in the best way. Not not trying to maybe like dudes a weeb, but like he he just has like a very, um, I don't know. You want to root for him. I, that's that's yeah, the way like I feel about it. He feels like like the underground Spider Man. Like he is like yeah. somebody. No, yeah, more. exactly. But like he's got like big Peter Parker vibes, like yeah, and not 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 just like fighting the Doc Ock, like getting Mary Jane too. You know what I mean? Just like all sides of the coin, dude. Dude, dude is time. very likable. Yeah. yeah, very likable. No, but it, the craft elements are all there. These songs are catchy. The hooks are great. The verses are are well constructed. Um, I gotta talk about Tim Croce another time, bro. Like that shit is that shit is so marvelous. 
like the way that it enters on the album being so melodic as a jug as a like um like a opposition to some of the more like gnarling lyrical moments it's so relaxed and it's like i had the i had the the benefit of hearing um some of this album before it came out and it was cool because i only got like half of it right like when he sent it to me there was only like 11 songs on in the in the folder and like dude like the amount of songs that he wrote in between the that and like the mixing process he was going crazy i think he wrote like nine songs and a couple i was like yo and they were all fucking amazing um but i don't think that tim croce was like in the folder first or if it was i didn't it didn't it wasn't in the context or whatever it was because like when i heard it like on my first listen to i was like floored i was like i didn't know dude where are you coming from with this whoa like why i was like genius you don't have to do this like but but it it, that was like to me that was like the key because like i i find it to be hard sometimes when you know artists to like maintain the fandom right yeah yeah, yeah. because like right Dude, when you hear like uh, an artist that you don't know, like you, you you get to experience them exactly how they want to be experienced, and it's like, I don't know, they're like certain little moments, like or whatever that kind of break that fourth wall. But it's like, then, then like I love hearing like on a project like a project from Dean Spencer or Diani or anything like that. These turnkey moments that are like, yo, this is why I fucked with you in the first place. This is like the this is the, the like you break the break the um yeah the third wall or whatever go yep. back into it you yep. know what i mean no it's it's and yeah i don't know it was tim croce kd my notes on the song one of my favorite songs of the year this is where doof defies genre forms by singing yeah. but rapping but rudy ray more smack talking yeah, <laughs> he was really singing on that hook. You can really oh. hear him working his voice, like he's joking but not joking. He delivers, yeah, the and talks back to it, like it's a unique experience. But I, I also really? think the beauty of it is that you don't get it. Like you can't, you can't have another one of those songs. That's like it's not like 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 Doof is Doof is one of those rappers where it's like like it almost seems like an outcast like to me. Like Andre will do like a very niche thing, and then you dig, you can't do it again. You know what I mean? Like you you went there and you explored it, and when and if it really fucking hit, it really fucking hit because you were really fucking there. It wasn't because you're like like I don't know like Paul Simon when he went and did the the um the Africa album, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Graceland. Yep. Right, Graceland. It's not because you're an African artist now, right? And he understood that, right? right, right. It was just like you, you, you were there. And I mean, I, I don't know if that was the most respectful. I might look at like um, Damon Albarn did another album, um, yeah, similar to that. I don't know. You get if you get a chance, dude from Gorillas, great, great album. Yep. Um, went to Mali, uh, Malian musicians and oh. Damon. But um, what I'm getting at is like that that collaboration. What am I getting at? <laughs> no, but the collaboration, <laughs> the experimentation is important. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's a great song. Oh, yeah. the idea of experimentation. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Being able to like just 
chalk that up, right? Like you, you don't get another Tim Croce, right? Because right. like, but because of that, right? You, 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 you go out like a more mother, like you, 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 mm-hmm. you find that gem and you bring it back, but it's not like you, you're that gem. You're searching for sapphires now. You're still just searching <laughs> for gems, yeah. right? Yep. Yep. The after effect of Tim Croce uh, is like, as a music listener, I'm like, man, Billy Woods can't give me this song, right? Right. Like, like nobody can give no, me No, Doof, Doof, and this is, see, but I think that you knew that prior in the album. I think Billy Bob Dofus, like, I think that, 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 that song it, like that's why I say that's their origin story because that right there, that is all I needed to know that Doof is the only Doof. You know what I mean? You don't get. He's not like like there are people that do the whole, that 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 hear the name and they're like oh like Doom and I'm like nah and then they hear like the the weird like old school samples and they're like oh like Doom and I'm like nah and the, and, and I'm like Doof is undeniably himself and i don't mean that in the in the like participation metal way right right dude right. is just and, and dude is just like so present and i don't know I don't yep. know. no it, but it's but k k diggy like did the thing about listening to doof is it ends up being similar to how it was for me listening to doom back in the day i yeah, can't because... sit here and pretend that i understood doom when i first heard it Right. right, I was confused and baffled. I didn't know the point. I didn't, you know, like all that. Uh, but you know, you grew with it, and you were like, "Holy shit!" Um, and that's and that's what's happened. That's like Doof is in similarly ensconced in his zone. Um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely like now that you mention it. Like, I kind of like try to avoid the comparison. Out of respect for Duke, yep. but um, now that you mention it, like the experience that I've had listening to him is kind of similar to like the initial listening experience I had at Doom, where it was like I had the one album that felt like comfortable, right? Like um, it was it was um, Operation Doomsday, right? Like that was my like my rock, right? Like, and then I could like jump out to like a like a little thing like the the take me to your leader and like yep. if it ever got to like i don't know about this guys i could always jump right back to operation doomsday like that's kind of how hood rat noir was for me um for a while and i would jump over to another project and like be like all right i like this but this is still that project to me i think swamp funk uh, again enters this arena of like a classic album like a classic doof album and it's funny because it's like obviously like you like we we don't know how classic it'll be in the grand scheme of the career, right, but it's right, just right. like yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yo, this is a classic. They'd like I, I'm it's calling it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It, so and I'm, Kate, I'm glad you brought up the multiple runs within this because you need that first four song run. Yeah, it leads you to that second run that really kind of closes out and brings it all together. Yeah, I, I mean, to go back to the first songs, like, I think, and I'm, I'm glad that I listened to Hood Rat Noir and then Swamp Funk back to back because you can hear immediately the growth. Yeah. Uh, 
from from the gate and that's based on the four songs like you can hear so you know the the you know hood rat noir and and then you you play like the first song off of swamp funk and you could immediately hear like okay like in the time between the projects they've been putting in work on not only on you know their music but also on their craft yeah no, and I, and it's I just, just like, love that. You, you can tell that they've been living life. They haven't been like letting whatever go to their head. Right. Because like, yo, like you see small, like small, small artists let they, let it, let whatever success go to their head, and it ruins the like the potential they have. Yeah, it's like, like a rookie. The way I think of it, it's like a rookie coming back to, you know, play his second year. Right, right. You know what I mean? You want to see them make the jump. Uh, you want to see them make that jump like, okay, they may not yeah. have it all figured out, but I can see over the summer he's been putting in work and I can see the growth and I can see yeah. the potential and direct the potential path that he could be taking. And sometime around his third season, that was like, that was Giannis running up the paint. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. That right. wasn't no prospect. That wasn't a Milwaukee Bucks forward. That was Giannis. You know what right. I mean? Right. Because sometimes the second year, is harder than the first year because yeah. the, the league has a full year of you and knows mm -hmm. what your tendencies are and studies you. And then, Dude, as a second oh. album, that's hard. Yeah, The yeah. second album, and I mean, this is obviously not Duke's second album, but as right. a second Uncle Doofus project, right? Right. This is, it's hard to present yourself as a sophomore album because it's like the, the benefit of a first album, I think, is that you don't have anything to base it off of. There's no right. relation that you're making. Yep. You're not comparing any. No expectations. Like, no. Exactly. And that's sink or, sink or swim, you know? Yep. But there's the potential to swim, right? If someone's already given up on you, who gives a fuck about your sophomore album, right? Absolutely. But, and like, if you... If you're trying to go somewhere different with a sophomore album, something, whatever, right? There's just, there's, there's so many different ways that it can go, um, or it cannot be received as well, right? Like, but it's so cool to see this album being received even better than Hood Rat Noir. Yep. It's, it, it just seems to be like, uh, uh, I don't know, like the, the, the growth alongside. It's really cool. Right. But um, I do have to cut myself loose um just That's getting cool, a bit man. um but yeah. it was a pleasure talking with y'all yeah uh, yep. well, man. Well, that shit is brilliant love to do love to tim yeah love to y'all love to Catch you soon. yep appreciate it man be well right, man. Evelyn, peace peace so okay yeah the uh yeah no it's it's because I, I told him i said the first album i thought of when I uh, when I heard it was Big Smile, mm -hmm. his album because of the runtime, you know, stuff and of all the different ways that this presented itself. Um, I just think it's a way in which albums can move forward, in which a pop person could do shorter songs but yeah. connect them all together in an environment that creates its own experience, mm -hmm. right? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think 
like people assume that the shorter songs means like there's less structure, but I think if you're going to go this route, it needs to be even more structure. Right. Uh, because it's gotta be, because you're working, it's like, you know, when you have an album that's, you know, like normal song links, there's a little bit of fat there. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to necessarily be on all the time because there's 60, there's 60 minutes worth of music. Right. So you, there can be times where you can like relax a little bit. Okay, this verse wasn't, you know, maybe you can mail it. I'm not saying you should mail in a verse, but sometimes verses just mailed in, tacked on, whatever. That's fine because there's, there's more music after. But when you have such a short project, everything's got to be on on point it's got to be there's no fat everything is me right right so if there's one song or if there's one moment that is not good you're going to lose the interest like that and it's hard to and it's hard to catch back on so i think you've got to be if you're going to do uh what pop artists can learn if you're going to do short songs You've got to, there's got to be a structure there and it, there's got to be a hot uh, overarching context that really bonds that those songs and those uh, moments together. And I think because Doof is an incredible producer, yes, like it, it's he's able to live in any sound uh, because he gets it, but he's also able to like understand how things are coming together and how yes. to concept and like you know it's it's like uh, it's like when a, when a, an actor who's a director becomes just the actor in a movie right director with him and he's like now i'm gonna kill it even harder right yeah i mean if you're if you're going to do this you really need to have your your producer really needs to be a great organizer like yeah. i we look at i mean you know, I love to mention Kanye every every episode. Yeah, you, you look at Kanye, you look at Daytona back in 2019, mm -hmm. which was a very short project as well. The reason why that works so well, because Kanye is, when he's on top of his game, is probably one of the best organizers and big picture thinkers in, in hip hop when he's on when, when he's on top of his game. And so when you have when you have a guy, when you have a producer that has a vision and can organize and understands where to put the pieces in a puzzle to make the picture clear, you can you can pull this off. Yep. Yeah. No, it, it's so I I honestly I didn't I I placed it in like the holding area for my albums of the year uh, until I listened to it a bunch of times. But now having gone through the research for this episode, I was able to start ranking it and it just kind of kept going up and up and up mm -hmm. uh, miles of the year because it was just so unique, so different. Yeah. Uh, and so like you could feel it, you could touch it, you could, you know, it was just there. Um, yes. So that's why this is important to have uh, the week dedicated to it. Check out Dutopia. Uh, Big Flowers uh, wrote a great thing on it, uh, describing it and, and, and getting into it. Uh, 
and we are following that. Let's uh, get into recommendation corner. Mm-hmm. Friggin', uh, so this and, and this is a salute to the uh, to Silence, who is incredible on this. I think uh, they have an album. Thick and Silence have an album called That Was a Test. Mm. Um, and it was, it's marvelous. <laughs> that was a test. Okay. Yeah. Pur- Purple Tape Pedigree put it out through Gang's label. Um, but it's, it's awesome. There is, yeah, it's, you know, you, Thirteen dollars through PTP, incredible Fat Boy Sharif feature, who lungs, uh, no face, YL kills it on there. Benji Sarkis, uh, do doing great work. Everybody doing great work. It's just a really. I was telling because Flowers was like, man, like I, you know, I feel like I've been so out of the scene and so like haven't caught all the albums. I'm like, problem is, there's like lots of scenes killing it at the same time right if you wanted to just listen to avant-garde new york rap you could do it right thick lungs uh silence samira truth you could just like load up on that and just stay in that zone big flowers uh, and enjoy it monty you know you could just on and on Uh, yeah i mean there's just been so many I mean, this last, I'm, I'm just thinking of the last month, like every, it feels like every Friday there's something, if not like a project released, there's songs, uh, like I want to call them Lucy's. Like I'm thinking of, like, I think this Friday, Freddie Gibbs and Jadakiss released a song. Right, yes, yes, yes. And you know, I mean, it's like that every Friday, it just feels like there's just something, it can be overwhelming. This just feels like there's something new every week yep yep yeah i mean it's like adele doing songs with inflow and you're like what you know Um, it's wild so um yeah it's it's great to see it's 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 dizzying but it's the good kind of dizzying absolutely Uh so free music empire shout out to the to the organization um because this is the most views we've had in any of the years, uh, 11, mm-hmm. 11 years. So 10 years, I don't know. One of, you know, <laughs> May, May, 2011. So 10 years. Um, it's amazing to, to be able to, you know, be where we are with people who care about what we do. Um, and, you know, you, you just want to trend up, you know? Absolutely. And it doesn't get, much more up than the best year right um so that's shout out to us um getting that everybody involved really you know we're talking about flowers and his contributions with they to do oh man great uh, with you uh and your contribution state of the game um it's been it's been incredible to be able to be be in this situation so um yeah you have recommendations for the people? Uh, I mean, I've just been listening to Adele's album. I really, 
I mean, no one, it's, it's kind of like to tie it back to, uh, you know, the artists that we were talking about this week. You know, you want, when you're an artist, you want to produce something that no one else can get, that they can't get, that a listener can't get from any other artist. Yep. You know what I mean? Like they have to go directly to you for that. And I just yeah. feel like Adele is just, she's got her own lane. And if you want, if you want something that Adele does, you got to go to Adele. There are moments where on that Adele album where like I was telling my wife about it. Um, nowadays, the vocals aren't really vocals anymore. They're like auto-tuned, right? Yeah. And they're like, they have to bounce to the, within the Max Martin kind of mathematics of, of a pop yeah. song, right? So like, you can, you love, you know, these people, but they've never really had a full song to shine, right? Unlike right. To Be Loved on the new Adele album, like she goes full on, and just and just goes with the with you know hits the high notes and you are like i was transported to that time frame when like whitney and mariah were trading back yeah. and forth doing that shit like it was it was fun to hear someone push themselves like that yeah like, i mean the emphasis it the emphasis is actually on her technical ability as as a singer uh, yep. and I mean you're right there's some vocal moments on there where it's like wow like she's a singer she's one of the best pop pop mainstream singers out there right now if not the probably the best without doubt I'm not saying she's the best singer on earth which that would be no but I, I she mean, is, yeah it's I, I would so I, and I've I've taken taken shots at her albums before Right. Yes. Uh, I have not loved. Again, what was my line that like the last one sounded like it was just her and the pianist from a cruise ship, you know? Yeah. 20 <laughs> doing the late night kind of, you know, thing. But, you know, and like I remember there was someone in my office who was like, oh, this is amazing. And I'm like, is this your favorite Adele album? And they were like, no. I'm like, what is your favorite? You established the favorite. And I was like, is it your second favorite? No, no, no. By the time we went down the line, this was actually the least favorite. Like, yeah. So this is actually not great. Like you can, just because you're a fan doesn't mean you have to like fan out on everything. So no. All that being said, I listened to this album and I, I must, I, I texted my wife. I said, I'm proud of Adele. Yes. There's way more bounce to these songs. Uh, mm -hmm. There's there's way more movement in these songs. Yes. Um, and the production team makes sense. Kirsten and um, and Inflow together, like it just it's a better album than a lot of the other ones. Yeah. Absolutely. Hundred yeah. percent agree. I, I it's it's to that like if you're doing your best work, I'm I'm happy for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's and she's not taking she's taking yeah. risks. I think yeah. a lot of artists, like maybe you and I, I don't know who I was talking about this with, but like sometimes efficiency isn't a good thing. 
we i think the the artist and just in general like the people that are really remembered are those people that took risk and i think i was talking i was really talking about maybe it was talking with you it was about ben simmons we were we we're kind of tying ben simmons like ben simmons is on paper an efficient player Right, you he doesn't I mean? take shots he can't make. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's shoot, right. He's shooting sixty percent, and on paper you're looking at like this man shooting sixty percent. Right. And then you compare that to a guy like Kobe, who who maybe wasn't as efficient. Right. Definitely. But he took a lot of risk, and he was always willing to take that risk, uh, whether it be shot wise or developing a new move, or right. you know, he even shot with his left hand in a couple of games. Getting fouled, um, free throws, like right. Yeah, he was willing to take those risks, and that's what people are going to remember remember him for. That he was always willing to step up in the moment and take those risks. So to kind of tie that back to Adele, like you can't if you're an artist, you can't be your goal shouldn't be to shoot 70, 80 percent. Right, right. Your goal should be to maybe shoot. 50 60 but take risk and That's, and you know space that makes sense like yeah if you are underground you have a little more of an opportunity to curate right to, right. to, to mold when you when you have like i always i always say this about britney spears but like you before before all the shit rolled in like when she was popular you used to say that's not just britney spears that's britney spears incorporated yes it, that's a company. You're looking yes. at a company. And you're, you're looking at a person and a company, right? And, and you need to remember that, right? So when you look at, when Adele puts out a new album, there's a corporation full of people mm -hmm. that are depending on it, right? Yep. And that's a lot, man. And so a lot of pressure, people, absolutely. They really do have to keep realigning and, 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 and repurposing what they do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just commend her. I commend her for, for taking risks. Uh, for because you know, as I said, she could she knows that all she has to do is release a song, an album with 10 songs, it's going platinum within right. within yeah. 24 hours. Yep. She knows that. She's she's in that place that that Drake Drake is now. Like Drake knows, and this is this is kind of my issue with him is that he knows whatever he does is going to go gold, go platinum. Yeah. And he set up so, like a farm, a farm of people right, who are right. like helping him churn the stuff out. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so he's he's lost that risk taking. And I, I commend Adele for, for taking risk and really trying to explore new sounds and new directions. Drake's out there like whipping boy <laughs> Wanda, being like, another one, another one. <laughs> um so yeah. But it's it's a great it's a great point. I, you know, there's a lot of good stuff out there. I would say watch the great uh, Netflix uh, about Catherine the Great. That's back and it's awesome. Uh, on Hulu, sorry, Hulu. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, great. Um, so yeah, but that's that's where we're at. And uh, appreciate y'all. Play right in your fantasy leagues. Shaq Happy's coming. <laughs>